AM 1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Three wide receivers set on second down. Pass deflected, picked off, and taken in for a touchdown by Kyle Hamilton. Nothing to say about this. Kyle Hamilton, they know he blitzes a lot, just gets up there, and what an athletic play by Kyle Hamilton to set the tone for the defense and the Ravens. Third and six. Stick buried, and it's Chris Jones. And he finally gets to the quarterback. <laughs> and look at the reaction on that Kansas City sideline. Pay that man his money. <laughs> to match, realistically, need at least 25 yards. Love. Pressure up the middle. Runs away. Throws across his body. And that is picked. 49ers have it. Greenlaw. Still up. He needs to get down. Greenlaw still on his feet. He's got to go down. Just go down and the go game's down. over. San Francisco takes over. Third and four, lines bringing heat. Yep, they are. Mayfield brought down by Hutchinson. He double clutched, and nobody put a body on Hutchinson. Eight sacks in his last four games. Purdy in some trouble. Got room to run if he wants it. He's going to take it. Purdy inside the 10 and diving near the 6. They're going to put him down at the 5 and right near a first down. Sixth year man is the second tight end. Goff looking. St. Brown. End zone. Touchdown Detroit. St. Brown. As Jack Peterson puts a charge into one. Right field. Here to 43 for the homestanding Ducks. Perez. Nice. Phillips. And it's swiped by Bartholomew. What a recovery by Bartholomew. Should have been an easy dunk for Phillips. Bartholomew for three. Yes, sir. Ducks on the high side. Timeout ASU. Tie game. Perfect. Oregon State has a timeout if they want it. No, Wayne saying go for it. Too, too slow. They wasted five, five seconds. seconds. Jordan Pope for the win. Oh! Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Friday, January 26th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7, NFL Championship Sunday. Which game are you most looking forward to? Brock Purdy or Jared Goff? Who do you trust the most? The Diamondbacks, would Jock Peterson be a big upgrade? ASU. Would an NIT appearance be a successful season? Juve hoops, is it good this season? And what else caught your eye since our last show? 
Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we have the introduction of today's pipeline. 10-15, an NFL Conference Championship Sunday preview and some coaching carousel talk, if time, if we have time for that. Cody Benjamin, uh, scheduled to join us from CBSSports.com. 10.30 or so, interactive action at 602-260-1060. Also today's bottom line, some of it at least, and some local roundup stuff, time pending. And then the final segment of the Sports Zone will be the National Roundup. That'll be topped by the latest line for Conference Championship Sunday. And also our uh, rip from the headlines and from the wire, time pending. Then after the Sports Zone from 11 to 1 o'clock, it is the Extra Point hosted by Caleb. That'll include the Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits in Mesa and also our weekly NFL prop bet segment with Kyle Soppy from Pro Football Network. Right now, onto the pipeline we go. Time for today's pipeline where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS uh, 1060, or the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. Uh, today's question is, which NFL championship game are you most looking forward to, AFC or NFC? And Kayla is here and has the early returns. Uh, NFC leading the way here at 75% of the vote, AFC trailing at 25%. Baltimore up to a four-point favorite in many worldwide sports books over Kansas City. San Francisco is now a seven-and-a-half-point favorite in some sports books against Detroit. Uh, today's uh, today's X poll question, I should say: uh, Which quarterback do you actually trust more on Sunday, Jared Goff or Brock Purdy? And Kayla, what do we have here? We have a slight advantage for Jared Goff at 52.9% of the vote. Brock Purdy trailing at 47.1%. This is over on X at KDOS AM 1060. Goff has been great in Detroit the last two weeks, which has pretty much been his pattern for three seasons, while Purdy has been under a siege by many network television analysts after last Saturday's win over Green Bay. Uh, in addition to these uh, poll questions, uh, anything to have to do with the uh, conference championship Sunday? Predictions, whatever you have in your opinion, or whatever you have in your mind, whatever opinion you have, certainly those things are open for discussion today. All right, meanwhile, on the local front, Jock Peterson of the Diamondbacks, that's been reported over the last 24 hours, even though to my knowledge there's nothing official yet, I assume, Considering his injury history, there's going to have to be some kind of physical and so forth before they officially make an announcement or sign him. Would Jock Peterson significantly upgrade the Diamondbacks' offense? ASU was awful in the second half. They were outscored 52-28. to They gave up 52 points and a half. There's only 20 minutes in the half. They gave up 52 points. In fact, Oregon at one point made 13 consecutive field goals in the second half. So would it be a successful season if ASU plays in the NIT? Meanwhile, the U of A lost to another unranked team. That's the third time that's happened this season. It's the third time it's happened in literally like three weeks. Stanford, Washington State, and then last night, last place, Oregon State. So is the U of A an above average team? If that, at this point? 
Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye since our last show? That's the pipeline for today. We'll get to all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else on your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUS. Uh, I, I get this right. At uh, x.com, KDUSAM1060. Uh, basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you'll be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey, we have a news update. That'll be five. My NFL Sunday Championship Sunday Conference Preview with uh, Cody Benjamin from CBSSports.com. Once again, uh, time pending towards the end of that. We'll get to uh, some coaching carousel discussion. I mentioned on Monday that I thought it would be, you know, there'd be some coaching spots filled this week. I didn't think that six of them would be filled. There's only two still open uh, by the end of the week. And once again, at the bottom of the hour, to be phone call time, 602-260-1060. We'll get to some bottom line for the questions you just heard, the pipeline questions you just heard, with the exception of the poll questions, which we'll answer in the noon hour during the extra point. And also in that bottom of the hour segment, we'll uh, time pending get to some local roundup. You're listening to Sports so with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. AM 1060 into your home with Alexa. Hi, I'm Alexa. Download the KDUS AM 1060 skill and enable. Ben say, oh, Alexa, open the KDUS AM 1060. This is where I start my day. And welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7, your home to the Dan Patrick Show. Live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. It's NFL Championship Weekend, Conference Championship Weekend, and uh, not surprisingly and uh, thankfully, two intriguing matchups. Out to the KDUS hotline we go uh, to preview the games, and uh, if we have time at the end to talk a little coaching carousel, we're now joined the sports on by Cody Benjamin of CBSSports.com. And Cody, good to have you back on the show uh, Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. That's been the TV storyline this week. I want to kind of attack this a little differently. If if you're the Ravens' defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, how do you try to defend Mahomes? Yeah, thanks for having me on again. I, you know, I think that when you're trying to defend Mahomes, I think so much of it also comes down to defending the weapons that he has at his disposal. I mean, for much of this year, we talked about. Patrick Mahomes being frustrated, you know, this was, you know, statistically and just by the eye test, it was a frustrating year for the Chiefs. Um, just not a reliable, uh, you know, rotation of wide receivers. Uh, obviously, Travis Kelsey remains the safety valve there, but um, there was some some struggles there just in terms of alignment, chemistry downfield. That's all changed in the last few weeks, and I think one of the keys has been Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, they haven't gotten away from the run. Um, the statistics bear out that, you know, when he's had a certain amount of carries, they've fared, you know, better offensively. And I think it's taken a little bit of pressure off those wide receivers. And then Rasheed Rice, the rookie, has really stepped up, you know, out wide. So I think that, you know, if you're the Ravens, you besides Travis Kelsey, because that's the obvious one, 
you want to key in on, I think, stuffing the run. I mean, because we know Baltimore can do that. Um, I know that you're still going to have to answer for Mahomes. I mean, he pulls things out of his hat. Um, he, he's, a, he's a clutch scrambler. He's, you know, I think he's the modern-day equivalent of, of Tom Brady, you know, in his Patriots prime, where it just, it frankly just doesn't matter. If you're in the playoffs, you cannot count him out. And yet, I think it starts just, again, in the playoffs at this time of the year, um, if you can stop the run and you can run the ball, both things that the Ravens do well, you have a better chance of controlling the clock, controlling the ball, and dictating how the game goes. So I, I think if you're Baltimore, you, you focus in on stopping Pacheco, making the Chiefs one-dimensional. And then, you know, you're, you're relying more, if you're the Chiefs, on those younger wide receivers. Meanwhile, another television network storyline this week has been Travis Kelsey against Kyle Hamilton, which sounds great. And hopefully that happens. But, you know, the Ravens play a lot of zone defense, so I'm not sure how much of that we're going to see. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think when you're you know playing a guy like Travis Kelsey, and we've seen this with other, you know, guys who play that position and are just athletic, you know, whether it be George Kittle with San Francisco, you know, Mark Andrews with Baltimore, there are many different ways to attack them. Um, and, you know, I guess at the end of the day, they're hard to defend, and that's why you're trying to come up with creative ways I mean, I do think Kyle Hamilton, one of the, the, the beauties of the Baltimore defense, um, you know, not just they're not just physical, but they are versatile. I mean, when you talk about Kyle Hamilton, but also, you know, they've had success from other guys on the back end there, you know, not even just this year, but in recent years, be it Marcus Williams, um, you know, Geno Stone, a little bit more of, uh, I wouldn't say he's, he's their open field tackling type, but he's more the ball hawk. Um, but that, that secondary has really been, a strength. And I think that's why, you know, he hasn't been a huge name in, in the coaching cycle, but Denard Wilson, their defensive backs coach. I mean, that's a guy who's, he's going to be a defensive coordinator someday. Mike McDonald, their current DC, you know, he's going to be a head coach someday. They're just really um, refined and really versatile. And I think in terms of lining up against Travis Kelsey, I mean, I, I know, like you said, they, they do the zone, but I do think Kyle Hamilton is a guy where you can, kind of say going into this game this is your guy this is your role this is this is your job for the day and I think he's capable of of winning that match hopefully that happens because that would be fun to see those two matched up a lot okay Lamar Jackson uh struggled last week for a half against a really surprising high number of Texans blitzes uh, Steve Spagnolo is obviously known for his blitzes. So do the Chiefs blitz with frequency on Sunday against Jackson? Yeah, I mean, I think I, you, you you do what you do best, right? And I think that um, they would continue that. I mean, I think obviously they're going to look at the second half of that game and, you know, also see that the, the adjustments that the Ravens make. Um, you know, this is, I think that, you know, it wouldn't be a shock, I guess, from just watching them this year, but also the numbers that suggest that, I mean, this is probably the most sound uh, defense of the Patrick Mahomes era, you know, coming out of Kansas City. Um, and we saw that feels like ages ago now, but you, you go back to September, October, even when the Chiefs offense was a little more scattershot than we're used to, the defense was, was winning some, some games at the end of uh, regulation with these, you know, physical you know, with luxurious need kind of being, you know, asked to do a lot uh, on the perimeter, but being so physical, 
um, Justin Reed bringing that same physicality, um, and then Chris Jones and George Karloftis up front. I mean, it's a it's a really good unit. We talk so much about the Baltimore defense, but yeah, I think that is, you know, the pressure is probably more. Certainly, it's more on Lamar Jackson here because, you know, everyone expects the Chiefs to be in this position, no matter what they look like earlier this season. Um, when they're here, they're favored, and so the pressure is certainly a little bit more on Lamar Jackson to pick up on the blitz to, you know, retain that chemistry with, um, you know, his wide receivers. It's a newer supporting cast this year. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he responds as well. Cody Benjamin of CBSSports.com is currently in the sports zone with us. All right, let's flip to the other game here. The 49ers, uh, you know, they struggled against the Packers. Reason for concern or no big deal about that struggle last week? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's not nothing. Um, you know, uh, Detroit is probably e- even more of a well-balanced football team offensively. Um, you know, it's a different – it's a whole different animal here trying to project, you know, Jared Goff on the road versus at home. And it seems like maybe to some like a silly split there, statistical split. Like why would a guy be so much worse, uh, you know, le- less effective as a quarterback away from home? Um, but, you know, I, I just think that – you know, Detroit, when they are, are at peak speed, firing on all cylinders, I mean, with Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, it's a nice one-two punch on the ground. With Sam Laporta, you've got that safety valve at tight end. Amon Ross St. Brown, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find five, ten wide receivers that are more consistently explosive. Um, they've got all the pieces. Um, I do think, you know, if you're a San Francisco fan, you don't watch that. Obviously, everyone wants to debate quarterbacks every single week. Oh, was Brock Purdy, you know, was he good enough? Was he not? Look, he got the job done at the end of the day last week, but there was concern. I mean, most of that game against the Packers, who, you know, by the way, not sporting a brilliant defense. You know, they're, they're replacing their defensive coordinator right now. Um, you know, he looked erratic. Yes, it was rainy, but guess what? Jordan Love was playing in the same conditions, and so – uh, the, the nice thing for Purdy is the Lions defense shouldn't be um, more threatening. I mean, they've been bad against the pass for most of this year, so he should have opportunities. The X factor is Debo Samuel. Um, if he's in there, Brock Purdy has not one but two multi-purpose, you know, elite weapons with McCaffrey and Samuel, and that takes a lot of pressure off. Okay, so, you know, let's do that quarterback matchup thing, you know, even though they're not facing each other technically at the same time. But as, uh, you know, we went with Purdy. You mentioned Goff, not great great at home, not great on the road. So which quarterback do you trust the most on Sunday? Honestly, I mean, it is such a coin flip. And we did a – we kind of broke down, you know, both quarterback matchups. You know, again, you mentioned that they're not facing each other, but they're still – they're the figureheads of each team, and it's it's like which 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 side of the coin do you want here? I mean, with Brock Purdy, the sample size is still so small, and yet when you look at it, he's been extremely efficient. You know, forget what we saw last week. Take his whole, um, you know, the combination of his starts last year into the playoffs, this whole season this year, where you know he's justified to get some MVP buzz because is he in a great setup? Does he have a great supporting cast? Yes. But is he doing his job to, you know, is he maximizing that talent? I think the answer is also yes, most of the time. And so with him, it's, you know, 
he's the bigger name in this matchup, I think, because he kind of just the way he bursts onto the scene, the way he has kind of quickly become an MVP candidate. With Jared Goff, totally different story. A guy who, you know, he, he took – we forget that he, he was shepherding a Rams roster to the Super Bowl, you know, five years ago. Basically was an afterthought in the trade, you know, over to Detroit. And now has kind of revived himself, probably – is more resilient, more tough than he ever has been at the NFL level right now. So who do I trust more? I think that Brock Purdy has the edge because of what's around him, not only offensively, but defensively. You know, he has a defense in San Francisco at home that should be able to back him up better than what Jared Goff has in Detroit. But I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not going to write Jared Goff out of this. I think it'd be a great next chapter in his story. Okay, so we mentioned a few things here. Are there other key matchups on either side of the ball here in this uh, Liners Niners game that we should be paying attention to? Uh, yeah, I think that you know other matchups for this weekend. I mean, obviously, I, I mentioned Debo Samuel with San Francisco. I think that his health, even if he's active in this game, is he at full speed? I think that's going to be huge in determining what the 49ers can do offensively because if he's out. That's more pressure on McCaffrey. It's another guy that the Lions can key in on. And then, um, you know, Frank Ragnow at the middle of Detroit's offensive line. He's been banged up. He's been playing through it. We know with Jared Goff, uh, look, every quarterback is affected by pressure. But we know that Jared Goff is more affected than most by pressure. When his interior, when his front is not holding up, that's a different quarterback. You could say the same about Brock Purdy. But both of those guys, their turnovers this year have come in streaks. Um, they control the ball pretty well, generally speaking. But when they've gotten into ruts, um, it's it's built up. It's been little turnover sprees. And so the middle of that Detroit uh, offensive line, that's another area to watch. Okay, so we got two games that are pretty, I think, very intriguing. Kansas City at Baltimore and Detroit at San Francisco. If you could just watch one of these games or cover one of these games between the two, which one would you choose? Ooh, so I have to, so I have to eliminate one of the games. Yeah, yeah. Which, if you had wow. one, if you only watch or cover one, which one would you choose? Well, I guess we've seen the Chiefs so often. You know, I know it's it's probably the spicier matchup in terms of premier quarterback play. Obviously, Mahomes and Jackson are two of the best, you know, young quarterbacks in the NFL of their time. But I would probably go Detroit, San Francisco because I just think the drama the unexpected drama in this, you know, can Brock Purdy rebound from a, a little bit of a shakier performance? Can the 49ers who've been, you know, to now four NFC title games in the last five years, can they finally get back to the Super Bowl? And can the Lions, I mean, who doesn't, I think America is, is mostly rooting for the Lions. And so that, that storyline is, is one to watch. I'd take that game. Okay. So bottom line, who wins these two games? Yeah, that's where it's, that's where it's tough because it's my heart probably goes with Baltimore and Detroit and my, my head probably goes the other way in both matchups. <laughs> um, you know, that's uh, I said the same thing, I think a couple years ago when it was, you know, Bengals Rams in the Super Bowl, um, when everyone was, you know, excited to see Joe Burrow finally get there. Um, but the head just kept saying, look at what the Rams have across the board. And it's the same feeling here. I think that, Look, I, I don't know. It would be fun. It would be fun to watch the Lions somehow. It, it just feels weird to even talk about the Lions being in a Super Bowl. Um, I think it's possible. 
I just see the all-star talent across the board. Again, on defense, really, the disparity stands out. And I guess it's just a matter of in that game, I, I, I trust, I guess, the talent there. Um, that doesn't mean Lions can't do it, but I trust the talent of San Francisco to pull it out. Um, I will say Dan Campbell's aggression um, has a chance to really swing this because Kyle Shanahan, look, he deserves all the props for what he's built schematically and personnel-wise, but in situational football, Shanahan leans more conservative than a lot of people think, and I think if Dan Campbell's in a, in a do-or-die situation and he goes for it and they convert, um, that, that could be a Detroit a Detroit swing there. But, uh, you know, again, Hart says Ravens, Lions. Uh, the head says we're, we're probably headed for a Chiefs 49ers uh, Super Bowl rematch. We're talking with Cody Benjamin from CBSSports.com. Cody, before I let you go here, it's been a busy week in the coaching carousel. You know, there's only uh, the uh, you know, Seahawks and uh, Commanders are the only places, with, at least for right now, that still have coaching openings. Let me uh, first start by Jim Harbaugh going to the Chargers. You good with that? Yeah, I actually, uh, that's the hire I like the most. I know that it's the familiar name. It's not the up-and-coming. Uh, you know, it, it is, uh, in some sense, it's a retread hire, and those don't always pan out, but I think it's the perfect match. I mean, he's he gets to go back to the West Coast, uh, where he almost took the 49ers to a Super Bowl victory. He gets a ready-made franchise quarterback, a playoff-caliber roster. Um, I think the rest of the division probably will start taking the Chargers a bit more seriously with him in charge. Um, yeah, I like that hire. I think they went from a – they tried to do the um, the next-generation long-term hire with Brandon Staley, and now they're going back to more of a sure thing. He's won everywhere he's he's been. Um, yeah, I like that hire. Okay, was there maybe a hire this week that left you scratching your head a little bit? Um, well, I, I think not in terms of, you know, with Atlanta going with Raheem Morris, um, it's not a head-scratcher in terms of uh, his credentials. I mean, certainly, if you, you know, the, the general sentiment is that Raheem Morris was due for a, another opportunity. Uh, but considering the other guys, they were, you know, they there was the focus on Belichick with two interviews, Mike Vrabel getting a look there, just very different. There's nothing wrong with having a, a widespread search, you know, exploring veteran and younger candidates. But uh, I guess that one surprised me a bit just because of the direction their other interviews were leaning. I mean, Carolina, they're going to get criticism no matter what they do because of the owner's impatience recently. But I kind of like the Dave Canales move i mean he's done well with baker mayfield and geno smith in recent years people talk about him like he's he's unproven but he also spent 13 years uh working under pete carroll in seattle so i like that move for carolina okay so bill belichick pete carroll mike rabel's still out there are you surprised that they're still out there uh, a little bit i mean certainly with their name recognition as soon as Mike Vrabel left the Titans, everyone assumed he'd be getting another job. Probably the same with Belichick. Pete Carroll's a little bit of a different story because, you know, initially being reassigned in Seattle, kind of hinting at another coaching job, uh, that seemed a lot less definite. Um, Belichick, that's an interesting, like, it's not unprecedented that a, a big-name Super Bowl-winning coach has taken a year off. We saw that with Mike McCarthy. We saw that uh, with Doug Peterson. They both came back and, you know, led successful playoff runs with other teams after 
taking some time away. That could be Belichick, but the thing is, he's also he's older. I mean, he's going to be mid seventies if he's taking a year off and then coming back. Um, I still wouldn't rule him out in terms of uh, more likely Washington than Seattle. But even Washington, it feels like they're trying to turn the page to, you know, not look back but look ahead. And so, um, yeah, it's uh, it could be could be TV for Bill Belichick. It could be uh, just <laughs> riding off into the sunset a little sooner than expected. Cody, it's been great. I appreciate the time. Thanks, and have a fun have a fun weekend and watch both games. Watch both of those games. Right. No problem. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Uh, Cody Benjamin, CBSSports.com. Next segment will be phone call time. General discussion if you want to jump aboard. 602-260-1060. You also get to some bottom line answers. And uh, time pending, we'll get to at least some uh, local roundup. The Suns tonight at the Pacers. Obviously, ASU blitzed in the second half. It is really hard in college basketball to allow 52 points in one half. They only play 20 minutes per half. But ASU did that last night. 52 points in a 20-minute span. And also the U of A loses again on the road to a mediocre team. In fact, a bad team last night. Oregon State was last in the conference, and they won at the buzzer against the U of A. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. Your caddy, Ray Adams, takes you beyond the 18th hole on Saturday mornings with Great American Golf from 6 to 7 a.m. on KDUS AM 1060. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time if you want to jump aboard. We have time for you in this segment, 602-260-1060. General discussion, 602-260-1060. Maybe you'd like to answer some of the pipeline questions, and here we go uh, with some bottom line answers from the pipeline questions today. Uh, We start on the local front. Uh, Would Jock Peterson be a significant upgrade to the Diamondbacks' offense? It's reported that they're going to sign him. I'm sure, uh, to my knowledge, that's not official yet, but... uh, yeah, to the bottom line for me, is this, this is the first Diamondbacks offseason move that I strongly disagree with. Um, they didn't spend more uh, to sign Jorge Soler or J.D. Martinez. Uh, and instead opted for Peterson, who many years has struggled against left-handed pitchers. He, like Martinez, can't play in the field anymore, or shouldn't play in the field anymore, let's put it that way. So I'm a little perplexed at the Diamondbacks uh, apparently going after and, and you know, agreeing to terms with Jock Peterson. Would he be a successful season for ASU basketball if it played in the NIT? The bottom line, the NIT uh, should never be a successful season for any college basketball team. Uh, to reach the NIT, uh, that I just don't understand the anti I've said for years, the NIT stands for the National Insignificant Tournament. And if you don't think that's true, tell me who won last year's NIT. I personally have no idea who won last year's NIT, but I'm sure somebody did. Meanwhile, uh, the U of A, is it even an average or let's say an above average team? 
how would you rate the U of A these days? The bottom line, they have above average talent, but they now have road losses in the last 27 days to three unranked teams. Stanford, Washington State, and Oregon State last night. Last night they were at 17.5 point favorite, the U of A, and they lost the game. More on that in a couple of moments when I get to the local roundup. Today's poll questions, the first one, uh, KDUS1060.com poll question, which NFL championship game are you most looking forward to, AFC or NFC? And then today's X poll question, which quarterback do you trust more on Sunday, Jared Goff or Brock Purdy? And uh, we got some answers to those questions in the last segment from Cody Benjamin from CBS Sports. We will answer those questions today in the Extra Point hosted by Kayla during the noon hour today. On to today's local roundup. And once again, if you want to duck in, 602-260-1060, I'll get you in this segment. Uh, If you call, like, right now. Uh, Kevin Durant, name an NBA All-Star Game starter, as selected by the fans, current NBA players, and uh, a media panel. Hmm. Wonder who the media panel was. Uh, anyway, starter for the uh, 2024 NBA All Star Game, which will be played on February 18th in Indianapolis. I'm sure that I screwed up yesterday. I actually thought the weekend it was next week. I don't know why I thought that. Trade deadlines like February 8th, so I'm confused about the whole calendar of the NBA this year. So, my bad. Uh, shame on me, but anyway, uh, I haven't watched an NBA All-Star game for 40, 50 years, if that. Uh, meanwhile, Marks Durant's 14th career All-Star game selection is first a selection as a member of the Suns, obviously. Through 17, uh, excuse me, 37 games this season, he's averaging 29.1 points per game. That's fifth in the league. He's shooting 52% uh, from the field, which is a ridiculously high number. And he, uh, considering he does not like he's shooting layups all the time. And uh, along those lines, he's shooting 45% from three-point range, which is fourth in the league. 87% from the free-throw line, which is amazingly 24th in the league. That's uh, There's some good free-throw shooters in the NBA these days. Uh, meanwhile, the Suns tonight try to extend their winning streak. Uh, at uh, Indiana against the Pacers. Second time in six days they're going to play the Pacers, who apparently will be without Tyrese Halliburton, unfortunately, again with the hamstring injury. Uh, The Suns uh, won 117-110 last Sunday night in Phoenix. Kevin Durant had 40 points in that game. Uh, The uh, Suns are 26-18. They're fifth in the Western Conference. The Pacers including their recent slide until last night, are 25 and 20. They are sixth in the Eastern Conference. The uh, Suns now 12 and 7 in road games this year. Also, the Pacers in home games, they were actually really good until recently, their recent slide without Halliburton. Uh, The Pacers now 14 and 9 in home games. They're averaging 124.8 points per game and shooting over 50% at home for the season. At 50.6%, uh, that's an incredibly ridiculously high number in my opinion. Two players to watch tonight for the uh, Pacers. Uh, Miles Turner, who is one of the most improved players in the NBA, shooting 52.6% and averaging seven, uh, 17.2 points per game. And also U of A alum Benedict Matherin uh, is averaging 13.5 points per game over his last 10 games for the Pacers. The Suns have uh, certainly been better over the last 10 games, 
the Suns winning eight of their last 10 games. They've averaged 119.9 points in those 10 games, shot 52% from the field. Their opponents are scoring 113.9 points per game, so the Suns are plus six in point differential per game during the last 10 games. Meanwhile, the shorthanded Pacers, five and five in their last 10 games, averaging 117.9 points per game while allowing 118, so they've been outscored in those last 10 games, as you would expect, because Halliburton has not played. Uh, I'm, I think he's missed seven games in a row, it is now, but uh, it's, it's just a, I don't, don't have that factual evidence in front of me, but I think I heard that this morning. Uh, by the way, the Pacers on Thursday rolled, at least at that point, they had listed Halliburton as out for tonight's game. ASU blown out last night at Oregon. ASU, even after uh, winning, uh, well, they won the last two years at Oregon, but last night ASU was a nine-and-a-half-point underdog, and they actually led at halftime. They actually led 20-10 to 10 to start the game. Then they led at halftime 33-29. to 29. Then, unfortunately for ASU, they played the second half. They were awful. Uh, they allowed Oregon to make at one point 13 consecutive field goal attempts. Uh, at that point, Oregon took a 72-52 lead. Oregon wins the game, 80-61. Uh, before last night, uh, ASU had won 10 of the last 13 conference road games. Uh, but last night, uh, they got crushed, obviously, in the second half. Uh, ASU lost by 19, but somehow they actually had a point uh, – a point in a, they actually had the advantage in points in the paint and they got beat by 19. Uh, they, they outscored Oregon by nine in the paint 36, 28 or by eight, excuse me, do some math, Bob, uh, not my strength, uh, strong suit, I guess. Uh, they also, you know, they, they were, you know, not surprisingly, you know, they got a killed behind the arc. If you, you know, have that kind of differential and still get beat in the game, uh, they got outscored behind the arc 27-12. ASU 4 out of 17 in three-point field goal attempts last night. And they were really bothered by Oregon's uh, you know, zone defenses from Dana Altman, especially in the second half. All right, so bottom line, it was, uh, it was actually a good chance or a good time to face Oregon. Uh, they've been slowed by injuries all season. In fact, last night was the first time this season that they had played with their projected starting five. First time all year that the five guys they went out there actually were able to start for the Ducks. So Sun Devils play Saturday against Oregon State. Uh, last year, Oregon State, or excuse me, OSU rallied at Oregon State from down 16 to win the game. So we'll see what happens with that. ASU has won their last three of the last four games in Corvallis. Well, the U of A didn't win in Corvallis last night. They got beat at the buzzer. Uh, Tommy, Tommy Lloyd, I've been saying for three years, can't coach defense. Uh, the U of A's now had three road losses in conference play. They gave up 100 points at Stanford. They gave up 73 points against the methodical offense at Washington State. And they gave up 83 points last night at Oregon State, which entered the game as the worst team in the Pac-12. Uh, the Wildcats, uh, you know, they were 18-and-a-half-point road favorites last night. They had a 12-point lead in the second half. They lost at the buzzer, lost 83-80 to 80 in the game. Uh, it's inexplicable that they lost this game last night. I mean, it, 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 there's no way that this should have happened. 
there's no way they're a top 10 team. Uh, in fact, the U of A certainly looks like a team that's going to be one and done again in the NCAA tournament or one win and done in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I can't really imagine them even getting to the Sweet 16 because unless there's a big change here, uh, they're not playing any games at McHale Center in the NCAA tournament. They're undefeated at McHale. They can't beat anybody, even bad teams, on the road. And that road schedule includes a game on Saturday at Oregon, and they're going to lose this game too. I would be really surprised if they won. ASU, excuse me, the U of A, they've not lost two straight under Tommy Lloyd, and I predict it actually happens for the first time on Saturday. All right, coming up next, we'll have a news update with Corey. That will be followed by the conclusion of today's show with the National Roundup. That will include a little uh, yeah, update from the uh, NFL Conference Championship games, the latest line, and there have been line moves in both games in the last 24 hours. So we'll pass that along. Uh, we'll also get to whatever else I have time for. Maybe a little NBA from last night, and certainly the NBA. Uh, three results last night stood out to me, which are this the latest exhibit of why the NBA regular season is a complete waste of time. It's ridiculous. And three results from last night just kind of further cement that opinion that I've had for many decades. Not exaggerating. Many de- my, dad, my dad taught me this literally in the 60s when the Celtics would you know, pound her around and not do much in the regular season and then win the NBA championship. That's where I first got this opinion. It hasn't changed. We'll do what's best for the team, and we'll do what's best for you. The Rich Eisen Show, coming to you weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. I'm going to get to as much as humanly possible, at least as far as humanly possible for me in this segment. NFL Championship Sunday. We've had some line changes depending on where you do your business. Uh, the 49ers up to seven and a half point favorites at the multiple casinos and uh, sports books around the world. Uh, that's uh, they've gone up for the original number was six and a half, seven almost all week long, seven and a half in the last few hours. Total opened at 50 and a half. That's been sitting at 51 and a half for a while. Looks like the weather is going to be really nice. Uh, on Sunday, 70 degrees and, and uh, sunny is the last thing that I saw this morning. That was a couple hours ago when I checked the San Francisco weather for Sunday. Meanwhile, the Ravens up to four-point favorites in a whole bunch of casinos now. In fact, the consensus is the Ravens a four-point favorite. On Sunday against the Chiefs, this game opened three. It's been three, it's been, uh, three and a half most of the week, but now tons of fours out there. Total in this game, 44 and a half. NBA from last night, three more examples why the NBA regular season is a complete waste of time. The Pacers, without one of the best five players in the NBA this season last night, Tyrese Halliburton, they just they destroyed the Sixers last night. No problem. Uh, it was, last night it was the Pas- Pascal Siakam show. Uh, he had his first triple-double in 15 months. He had 26 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists. And uh, the Pacers never trailed in the 134 to 122 victory over Philadelphia. Uh, Siakam beat his former coach, uh, Nick Nurse. Of course, they were together in Toronto. 
Uh, the Pacers had lost three in a row, including the game against the Suns on Sunday uh, before that game last night. Meanwhile, the Celtics uh, blew out the heat last night. Uh, Jason Tatum, 26 points. Chris Tapps Porzingis had 19. 143 to 110. Boston wins against uh, Miami, which has now lost five in a row. Miami has lost five straight. 143, the most that Boston has ever scored, ever against Miami. The 33-point margin, the largest, uh, most lopsided win for Boston in 172, 172 meetings between these teams, including the playoffs. Uh, so there you go. I'm sure that people, if they play in the playoffs, will point this game out. Well, they kicked their ass in the regular season. It doesn't matter. Meanwhile, another game that shows that the NBA regular season doesn't matter. The Nuggets got blown out at Madison Square Garden last night. OG Ananobi, 26 points. Jalen Brunson, 21. The Knicks are playing well, by the way, of late. Uh, but they beat the defending world champions 122 to 84 last night. Uh, you know, <laughs> Jokic had 31 points and 11 rebounds. Uh, the Nuggets had actually been playing okay before this game, winning three in a row. But in case you haven't heard, the NBA regular season does not matter. These are just three more examples of one night of why that is true. All right, that's it for the uh, Sports Zone for today. Extra point, Friday spread coming up next, hosted by Kayla. We'll go through the uh, NFC and AFC championship games, among other things. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp.